everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Crime Library. I'm one of your hosts, Sarah. And I'm Jesse. And this week, we are going to be covering Know My Name, a memoir by Chanel Miller. Is that the tagline? A memoir? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, a memoir. A memoir. You know how great we are with taglines. Yeah, I'm the worst. I wrote <laughs> it down in my notes so I wouldn't forget this time. <laughs> what is the point of taglines in books I honestly am not really sure I mean sometimes it like adds to the title like I feel like the last one we read the Harper Lee one it was like the last like it made it more like in your face I guess shouldn't that be like in the actual title of the book because but then maybe it's just too long I don't know why don't you write another book? I don't book? know why I'm grilling you about taglines. I just Put a tagline in it and then let me know the reason behind it. You're the one who's written a book before, don't we? So. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. I feel like we're stalling because this is going to be a super heavy subject yes, topic. Yeah, so yeah. Trigger warning. Um, we're going to be trying, I think, to talk about it matter-of-factly because that's the way Chanel talks about it in the book, but... Um, yeah, I think we're stalling and we should, let's talk about this shit. Let's talk about it. Let's do it. (laughs) Right. So Chanel Miller, let's start with her. Um, we were in like a weird, we didn't know if we were going to do this book because we both are the type of people who have to be emotionally ready. I think just, we should say, read the book because there are so many things that we're going to try and talk about. We're going to try and cover as much as we can, but there's literally no way to get every bit of information in and it is a beautifully written book yes 100 percent agree um just reading it to hear chanel's right like words and yeah. the way she tells her own story it's worth it in itself and it's very eye-opening as we'll talk about to a lot of the things that go on with you know the justice system and just the world in general so it's, it's very uh it's just a very good read all around. Yeah. So I think when I read the introduction, because I was like, I have to just get a sample of it and see if I'm ready in that mindset of reading it. I read the introduction and like her writing alone, I would have read it for it. But I didn't realize I needed at that point to read something about, I guess, people surviving. Because I was in a really bad, like not great mental state. And I thought it was going to destroy me. But somehow her writing like lifts you up. So read the book. <laughs> is read our, the book. Yes. Is and book. like we said, we're going to try to get through as much of it as we can, but it, it goes through a lot. So um, we don't want to miss anything, which we will, but whatever we missed, you guys can read it for yourself because you definitely will go read the book. And I think read the, if you are into it, get the audiobook because she narrates it and her voice and like her, her rhythm of her voice. I don't know. Something is so soothing about her. And her voice and listening to her read her own story is amazingly powerful. I was just anyway. about to say that that must be so because I didn't listen to the audiobook. And had I known that she narrates it, narrated it, I probably would have listened as I read. Yeah. Um, just because I think that'd be that's so cool um, and probably just hits you even harder. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I didn't read the victim impact statement when it came out because I wasn't emotionally ready. But before we recorded this, I watched her read her victim impact statement. If you watch that and you love it because you should because she's amazing, 
you'll definitely like the audiobook. There's just something super soothing about her voice. So while she's telling you like the nasty parts of her reality after she was assaulted, she's still like doing it in such a beautiful way. Yeah. She's a very, very powerful woman. Right. So I wrote no, down let's that, talk about her. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote down that she has three different names. So when everyone yeah. first learns about her, she's Emily Doe. And then throughout the trial she becomes Chanel Doe. And then finally when this book comes out, she kind of presents herself to the world as Chanel Miller, who is already a person, already a fully established human being. But this is just her way of letting people know her name, which I think is awesome. Um, she's an artist. She's a writer. She went to, what was it? UC Santa Barbara. She graduated from there. She's got an amazingly adorable dog who I want to like kidnap and snuggle. (laughs) (laughs) She just really is like, I don't know. She seems great. Never met her. Can't like say that she's my best friend, but comedian. Yeah. And she's a comedy poet. She's, she just seems all around very creative. Yeah, she's um, got a very, like, her mom's a writer. Yeah. I think that's easy, but her art is very cool, too. Like, she's a very creative person. Yeah, because she does, like, art, like, drawing, like, that type of medium. But then she also writes. And, you know, like I said, she's done comedy shows. She she writes poetry. It's all just, she just does a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's, we can never. Yeah, I know. I'm not creative. Say, that's something so cool to me. I am not creative enough. <laughs> I wish I was, but I am not either. I think, like her, on top of being awesome as she is, her family relationships and her connections throughout her book, and the way she writes about the people she loves and cares about, even as she's going through this truly awful thing is, I don't know, uh, any other word, but, like, beautiful and amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably yes. say that 6,000 times. Yeah, but... she's very close. She has a sister. She's very close who's younger than her. They're close. She's close with her mom and dad, her friends, and then she has her boyfriend, who, just the way she writes about him, like, I know, the part love of me, that's like, there. <laughs> I really want them to still be together, but also it's none of my business. Yeah. I just still really want them to be together. But if it's not, if they're not, it's okay. It's their life. But- and even if they're not, the relationship they had during all this, I think it was so important. And if yeah. they have gone their separate ways, I still think, even if they have, I, you can tell that it still meant so much to her just in the writing. But yeah. Um, yeah, I hope they are too, but again, none of our business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when we knew her as Emily Doe and the world knew her as Emily Doe, I think it started with her. Well, it started with the trial, but it really started with her victim impact statement, which is kind of a little tiny taste of what you get in the book. Um, it was the day after, right? The day after the uh, sentencing. Mm-hmm. Um, BuzzFeed, right? Yes, it was published her uh, victim impact statement, and it really just, like, caught on everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And you don't know that since the beginning of everything, she'd been reading so many awful and negative things online. You don't know that till the book. But she writes about how her victim impact statement and her trial really helped so many other people. And I think she keeps – You'll see through her trial, but even through the victim impact statement and even writing the book, she keeps, like, opening herself back up to this tragic thing that happened to her. Yeah. Awful, horrible, I don't know. But she keeps opening herself back up 
and like delaying her healing or I guess making it more part of her healing journey so that other people can come with her. And that's an amazing thing to do. Yeah. It's like super selfless. Um, and noble. Yeah, yeah. Because going through that in itself and then kind of having, especially after Buzzfeed posted it. And I mean, the trial was already pretty well known throughout right. the country. Um, but then for BuzzFeed to like post the whole thing and having your words, your like most intimate feelings too, as like she writes them, it's very, mm-hmm. very personal. And then it just keeps like the cut never, I don't think the cut's like fully healed as no. she goes through this. It yeah. just keeps getting, oh, I don't think it ever fully will be, but I think the trial just, and like everything just kept like ripping it open and ripping it open and right and with for the- her to be able to deal with that is very like you'd have to be so strong <laughs> yeah and when the victim impact statement she didn't write it like she wrote the book with the intention of other people to hear Read she wrote it, yeah. it literally to say what she had to say to him exactly and then it was like okay for that court and yes yeah, i don't think she ever expected it to no. take off the way that it did um and then probably inspired her to tell her story in this book and tell the whole story because she was seeing the the good that was coming out of it. Yeah. Um, because she did deal with a lot of negativity. Yeah. After she walked through like a field full of dog shit. Yeah, all exactly. Negative comments online. The online is such an awful place sometimes. I mean, especially if you're not in a very great, healthy space mentally. Yeah. I think... It can be amazing, obviously, look at what she's done and how, how many people she's reached, but it can also be terrifying. Yeah. So we keep talking about what happened to her very vaguely, but um, on January 2015, she went to a party with her sister and a friend. Um, she got drunk, as millions of other people do. She blacked out, blacked out, and then she woke up. Holy shit. I don't think I can do this. <laughs> She blacked out and then she woke up in the hospital um, to learn that she'd been assaulted. Yes. So that's kind of where the book starts. Yeah. I guess. And the way she leads into it, just the details of like her everyday life. She just. Yeah. That's all she does is she's just talking about how they went to dinner and then they went home and their dad was cooking them more food and they drank this and she wore that and she just tells everything like. And it's just any normal day, like, right. yeah, let me let me go eat with my sister and my friend. And, oh, yeah, let's go hit up this party. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh. Then she's in the hospital. Yeah. With yeah. no memory. <laughs> Recollection. Yeah. Yeah. And she doesn't even, like, when she first wakes up, she just thinks that maybe she, like, fell and hurt herself. And she's just on, like, campus at, like, the little campus, you know, medical center or whatever they're called. And then there's a a police officer there, right? Along with yeah, along someone with from the, Stanford, yeah, like I the think dean. It was the dean, yeah. And they say to her, "Oh, we have reasons to believe you've been assaulted, sexually assaulted." And her first, and she doesn't, yeah, is to say no. You have yep. the wrong person, and I think we can <laughs> all me. identify with that. This is not happening. It's not me. It doesn't happen to me yeah me and you are very good at putting stuff in the land we like yes. to my land um and it definitely happens to her throughout the trial but i don't think anyone especially because she does not remember anything i don't think yeah. anyone is quick to like let that sink in you're gonna yeah. deny it you're not gonna let it penetrate you you're gonna be like no this is a mm-hmm. it's a joke i'm gonna 
right leave somewhere if I'm my and sister and exactly and she kept like making because she has already graduated college she's like 22 at this point so yeah. she's not much older than these college kids but she is quite a few years older than them and she's you know like no I'm not that girl right quote as people so so much like to say um, but not even her saying it in that way, just her thinking like, no, it, yeah, it doesn't like, happen. I know that didn't happen. Right. Like, it's a joke. I just went to a party. Like, yeah, who, exactly. Who gets assaulted from just going to a party and living their life and having fun because you can't imagine because you wouldn't do that to someone. You wouldn't mess up someone's life like that. So mm-hmm. you can't process it in that way. And then, so when she like wakes up and it's, she slowly starts to believe it. Um, Cause she sees like blood on her knuckles, yes. which at first that's where she thinks like maybe she just fell, but yeah. all these little realizations um, are coming to her. And then the biggest one that occurs to her first, she wants to use the bathroom and she is told she has to wait. Right. And then she finally gets to go to the bathroom. And when she goes, her underwear are missing. Would you think that's such a like little thing? Right. But then you think about that's your only protect protection sometimes a barrier between you and things yeah but and and in that situation too because I'm like sitting here thinking like if I woke up if I got drunk right now in my house and I woke up tomorrow my underwear were off I wouldn't even think anything of it right no it's not it's just whatever but then hearing that you might have been sexually assaulted and then going into a bathroom and your underwear are gone it's just like probably just like holy shit yeah um because she doesn't about when she doesn't know what happened yeah she talks about when her hand hits her skin and that like hit yeah in the gut when her hand hit her skin and there was nothing there nothing it was kind there. of her like first clue that maybe it really did happen yeah and again she has no memory and like i was telling you before i don't know i started to write down i wrote down in my notes that I didn't know what was worse knowing everything and reliving everything every moment or not knowing anything at all but after I wrote it down I was like there is no what's worse it doesn't have to be either or they're both equally terrifying in their own way and I think 100% when it hit the media because the details are that he came upon her when she was drunk um I don't know. No one knows if she was already like laid out or how they came to be together, but um, he penetrated her with his fingers. He was, I think he was kissing on her and stuff, right? Yeah. Touching her bare breasts. Her bra was down. She had a dress on and her dress was just in like her midsection. So it was pulled down and pulled up. So he was touching her, um, her, like we said, her underwear had been discarded. They were off of her completely. Yeah. Um, So she was, bare her boobs were bare and her bottom and vagina were bare but he didn't actually get to penetrate her with his penis which in california law is not the same thing as rape which again comes to there doesn't need to be one that's worse than the other being violated in any way is being violated exactly and i think in the media when this came out it was oh well he didn't technically rape her but yes he did but yes he did he's still taking from her what she didn't give him so that's and he still, still penetrated her with an object, whether that object was his penis or his finger. Right. It was still inside of her vagina, un- and she did not want it. It right. was unwanted. It was forced. There was, there was no, no consent. consent. Um, End of story. 
I think there is a difference, obviously, between like sexual harassment, not again, not a difference like, oh, you were just sexually harassed. That's right. not a big deal. Just in the definition, there is a difference between sexual harassment and sexual assault. Right. But They're both me, violating, but there's, yes. a, there's a difference. But a definition, yeah. it is different. And maybe if he did just touch her breasts, it'd be completely different charges. I he still would have sexually sense. harassed her, but it wouldn't have been. Well, even then, I guess maybe if no, you put your hands on someone, that is that is technically assault, yeah, though, right? Yeah. Isn't it sexual harassment just, like, if you're saying I think things. you're verbally, yeah. Or And then yeah. once you actually, like, physically it's touch them, it becomes yeah. assault. Yeah, I think that's Don't what know it the is. laws, and again, as we learn here, it's <laughs> literally different in every state, and we're yeah. not lawyers, so we can't keep yeah. up with that shit. But I um, think that, yes, once you physically come in contact, I think. Yeah, so, yeah, so let me backtrack. If he was just saying these things, then, yeah, maybe the charges would be different. Things right. obviously would have been different. But once he touched her, right, sexual assault, and once he put something inside of her to, like, maybe it's not in California, but to me as a person, that is 100% right. rape. Yeah. I always define rape as, like, anyone doing anything to someone without their consent. Like, yeah, we talk about, Nick and I talk about, like, if a girl gets pregnant by a guy who doesn't want to have a baby and they've, like, decided that they're not going to have a baby and she stops taking birth control, that to me is rape and vice versa. Like, that stupid switching thing that right. you. I think anything you do that is not consented to is rape of some form to me. Right. Because you're right. violating it be like a sexual rape. Yeah. It can, yeah. And I think like archaic terms, it was that. I think just as society has gone on, it's just come to like be right. associated but everything's with just evolving, sex. So we need um, to But I do think yeah. like, I do think the broader sense of rape, I think you are actually right as to it meaning like pretty much taking without asking. So right. To speak. Yeah. Well, California needs to get, and now there's a law <laughs> involved in it, but okay. So we're back in the <laughs> clinic. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to go through kind of what he did to her, get it out yes. of the way so that we can talk about the rest of the book because it is really, um, the actual, she doesn't have memories. So the actual assault is not fully explained because it's coming from other people's perspectives. So the next right. time we have her actual perspective, she's back in the clinic has no underwear and then the pine needles yeah she's trying to go to the bathroom and she's leaving trails of pine needles from her hair i think she thought like she fell down or something yeah it's just something in her hair it isn't until she is switched over to the sexual assault sort like um the sart the sart yeah yeah uh what is that? Reactive team? Sexual sexual assault and rape team, maybe? Maybe. It's not until she switched over to that specific clinic who deals only in sexual assault that they start collecting everything for evidence that she realizes how much of a big deal all this stuff is. Yeah. So they take a bag full of pine needles out of her hair. They coat the inside of her vagina with goo to see if she had abrasions. They take pictures of everything that later on gets used against her. And yeah. everyone again gets to see her body laid out in a way that she didn't get yes. to see. Like, Cause it's her bare naked body. They're taking pictures of, they have rulers up against her to show right. this, the size of the cuts and everything she has on her. And so the camera's like in her vagina taking pictures right. and it's, you know, she's sitting here already thinking, 
was my body violated? Was right. this really happening? And now it's being like violated all over like, again. Yeah. Like investigated with a microscope and to feel that after not even really knowing what happened. Right. Like those. Emotions so this is kind of your first head. step of violation because you haven't dealt with the fact that you right. assaulted yet. Now, and now it's like <laughs> other people are in your, literally in your body. You're not allowed to go to the bathroom for a certain, you're not allowed to leave. You have to make statements. Not allowed to shower. Yeah. She couldn't even leave in her clothes. They gave her clothes. Right. She didn't even get to keep her clothes. She said the only thing she walked away from with her from that night was her shoes and a necklace she was wearing. Everything else was, you know, evidence. But something I do want to say is that she talks about how much she appreciated those women. I was just going to um, say those that. nurses because it's a they, hard thing that they do. Yeah. And, and she's, yeah. they tried their best to make her feel comfortable because mm-hmm. they, they knew what was going on and they knew probably not to the full extent of what she was feeling. Maybe some of them did. I don't know, but you always have that kind of, you know, when you have that empathy, right. You know, which I think something, you have to have a massive, you have to have exactly. Yeah. And I think it's wonderful that she got nurses that were so, she talks that way about most of the people around her, about her um, attorney who's, what is it, district attorney. Mm-hmm. She talks about her rape advocate. She talks about a lot of people with just a lot of gratitude on how they handled her situation, even though she was let down by a lot of other people. Yeah. She still holds on to the ones that were there for her, and I think that's great. Yeah. I think it's a way of her, like, finding the good. Um, yeah. It just, it, that's her first. And these people... It's got to be hard because they're re-victimizing the victims. But if they don't do things like what they did with Chanel, it's already hard enough to prove rape in a court. But if they don't do the things that they need to do to get the evidence, then that's even harder. Even, yeah. I couldn't yeah. imagine doing it. It takes. It just makes it even more gruesome because the only way for them to gather this evidence is to be invasive on her vagina right. and on her body and on anyone's body that you know, has been in a victim or maybe a victim. And it's just, it's gruesome that people do these crimes. Right. Because now, now I need to prove it. And by proving it, I need to let you take pictures and paint my body and. And judge my takes, character and judge yeah, my and actions. And, yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that. But <laughs> <laughs> So at this point, she still doesn't know what the hell happened. Her mm-hmm. sister comes and picks her up. She is. They make their statements. Yeah. Yes. Her sister is devastated. Yeah. She's in that moment, like taking care of her sister, even though she feels fucked up inside. Yeah. But she doesn't want her sister to know because her sister's feeling guilt because they went to the party together and then her sister went off um, and left her. She was like, oh, yeah, she seems fine and just left her. Maybe she went to go get another drink or maybe she went to go catch up. Like she just walked away. Mm -hmm. um, And then just in those few minutes, obviously something transpired and Tiffany was racked with guilt and I can imagine that I know I've yeah but it still pisses me off because Tiffany shouldn't have any burden for what someone else did but I understand no I'm not trying to but, take that's that your, but that's your yeah. sister you know? I'm not trying I, it's a completely <laughs> normal natural reaction it just yes but again it. it doesn't matter even like it's exactly it's not it's not anybody's fault other than the person who did it right. um Tiffany could have walked away for seven hours and it wouldn't right matter exactly. um it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, but the but guilt. Yes. You can feel the guilt from everyone. Everyone but him, you can feel the mm-hmm. guilt from. 
So yeah. But like you said, it's completely natural. Yeah. She doesn't want anyone to know. I understand again. I don't know how I would ever approach that with someone. So again, and you still, she uh, once again is still not in the right headspace because she doesn't know what happened. She still does not know. What do they say? 10 days, right? 10 days between when she was mm-hmm. assaulted. And then she doesn't even find out from the police or from anyone who could gently break it to her. She finds out on the internet with everyone else. So then again, yes. her privacy is being taken away. Her right to wait and tell her parents when she's comfortable with it is taken away because she has to tell them what's happening. Everything is being ripped from her for no reason other than this is now a tabloid and that's when she like finds out that she actually was, was. A, because like we said at that point she still wasn't even sure and then no. for no one to call and be like well you know we know that this happened right you know, she reads he's it admitted to fingering putting you. his fingers inside of you yes and but he says blah blah blah, blah xyz mm-hmm. one story and then changes later yeah but she didn't even get a, a call like that and that's no. just so so messed up 100 percent. so i guess that leads us into the trial because this now starts i think it, she said that she didn't have a choice with prosecution well, she kind of had a if choice she asked they asked her if she wanted to press charges and they said they were going to press charges right regardless if she did or didn't but i guess it would be easier if she did right for if them she yes it, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have a, had a case without her honestly. exactly um because exactly with her everything. testimony and everything yeah. so she did have a choice but i think she felt almost like she didn't yeah um so that's you know that was probably hard but yes i mean she she could have said no but and a lot of people do, and that's okay. And that's because okay. <laughs> as we are learning, the justice system is not geared towards the victim. Mm-hmm. So if you do not want to put yourself in that situation, that's okay. She's exactly. Happy. If you want to go about your life and figure out the best way for you to do it, and if you feel like that is not pressing charges, that's completely up to you. Um, it's nobody else's like job to force you to relive these things over and over and over again. And like Jesse just said, it's very like everything you do, they, you know, they make it a lot of the time they make the victim's fault Mm -hmm. and that's just hard. And hopefully things will change. Um, We can only hope this way the people who are doing this can, you know, get their justice served, but there's no right or wrong way for somebody right. to heal and for somebody to grieve and for somebody to process their own things. So whatever you're going through, just do it as you need to. And she talks about going into the trial before we even get there. She talks about knowing this is ridiculous. Like it's straightforward. He did something to me. I didn't want to be done to me. He's guilty. He then fled the scene. We'll talk about the Swedes later, but two Swedish uh, students tackled him and waited for the police to come after they checked on her and she thinks it's very black and white and it should be very black and white. But she says, she says, I didn't know that money could make the cell door swing open. I didn't know that if a woman was drunk, when the violence occurred, she wouldn't be taken seriously. I didn't know that if he was drunk, when the violence occurred, people would offer him sympathy. I didn't know that my loss of memory would become his opportunity. I didn't know that being a victim was synonymous with not being believed. I have that same thing highlighted. 
the same thing. <laughs> I, have, I literally got chills reading that. It was so good. But then even after that, after that, because I have a little bit more highlight, it goes kind of back to what we were just talking about with her saying yes to the pressing charges because she says I didn't know this little yes would reopen my body would rub the cuts raw would pry my legs open for the public I had no idea what a preliminary hearing was or what a trial actually meant and then it just goes on and on like she said yes but she didn't she didn't know right the depths no of what that yes was yeah and I don't think anyone can really explain to you how this trial is going to happen because every situation is different you're going to feel different but like she mentions in the book we kind of all have this idea of court being like law and order where it's right. one day someone's arrested and then it's trial and then it's this, but it really is this long drawn out dragged process where she then sub like subjects herself to being beaten down by a defense team. Yeah. Talk about this. Cause you are very much everyone. <laughs> everyone deserves a lawyer. And I know you're right. Logically, everyone <laughs> deserves a lawyer. My petty self is like, he doesn't need a lawyer cause he cre- committed a, crime and he now needs to be in jail so why yeah. then get to bring in his white privileged attorney mm-hmm. in there and destroy her all over yeah it? exactly because like you mentioned he had you know the night that it happens he is on top of her he gets stopped like you said by the two swedes and then he takes off running they tackle him and he tells the cops that he didn't ask Chanel to go to the room. He didn't ask, like, there was so many things that he said never happened. Um, and then as we go into this trial, his story does a complete 180 and it's changed completely. So Chanel going into it just thinks it's this clear cut, you know, he was caught in the act. It's going to be simple. We're going to be done. But then it becomes him telling the story and his words only because she doesn't have the words. Right. He found for those she moments. didn't know what happened. And then he decided to fill in the blanks. Yes. With a story that was going to benefit him. Yeah. And his defense attorney just when he, Chanel's on the stand is very, very victim blaming, um, just going on and on about what she drank, what she ate, what she was right. wearing. She talks about how it's just simple little, que- Oh, did you drink anything? No, you didn't even have water. You said you had water. Yeah. He badgers, badgers her to beat her down. So Something that, that really like grossed me out was that he, so, cause um, she called her boyfriend that night and left right. him a voicemail and oh, I know where you're going with wanted me. to, and was saying like, Oh, like you're going to get a reward, like blah, blah. They're, and they're in a long distance relationship. And so she misses him. Girl and, who is who's talking to her feeling, boyfriend. So whatever she wants fine. to say. Yeah. <laughs> But her then, sexualness does not extend. Exactly. Over. And then he, you know, he asked how many times she's blacked out. Has she ever cheated before? Has she ever, are her and her boyfriend sexually active? How and then he goes, they have sex. yes. And then, then he goes on to talk about like, oh, you know, we heard in her voicemail that she wants to give her boyfriend a, a reward. So we all know what she's talking about. Pretty much saying we know where her head was at. So because she, yeah. you know, was having sexual feelings towards her boyfriend, 
that then yeah, she wanted Brock Turner to put his fingers inside of her. Right. Listen to me. Okay. So she this is her boyfriend. That doesn't even matter to me. I don't care if it was legitimately the next guy she walked up onto the street. If she wanted to get with this person, get with this person. That well, it infuriates me. The dude's a scumbag and he gives me creeps. But the level he went to to like shame her for exactly enjoying anything kind of sexual in any context. And saying that she asked right. for it, literally. So as of now, at this point during tr- trial, I believe she says she's twenty three now, because this you know goes on forever. forever. As a twenty three year old adult, she has absolutely every right to decide if, when, with who she wants to have sex with, mm-hmm. and who she does not want to. <laughs> like just because, like you said, if maybe the next guy came up to her and she was like, "Yeah, let's do it," that doesn't mean she like said yes to Brock. Like right. The fact of the matter is it's different people. Yeah. She's talking to somebody else. She's not talking to Brock. Like, And the one thing she makes <laughs> super clear in her victim impact statement, and she walks him through step by step, <laughs> is that she was not coherent enough to give her consent yeah. to this person. So, again, she could have consented to anyone, but she could not consent at that point to him. She says, I couldn't even give you a sentence. How mm-hmm. did I give you a yes? Because at that point, he had said it changed from – no, we didn't go back to my dorm room. No, we didn't do this. No, we didn't do. Yes. She said yes to going back to my yeah. dorm room. Yes, we can. To kissing, kissing and then yes to fingering. Three yeses. And that's all he says that they said. He didn't even know her name. Yeah. That's when all this started, he said that he wouldn't even have been able to pick her out of the lineup. lineup. Yeah. And I think it hits her. It hits everyone. But I think it really hits her that she wouldn't have been able to pick him out of the lineup. And he yeah. wouldn't have been able to pick her out of the lineup. Yet here they are in the middle of this trial where he obviously did something wrong and he's still sticking to his story. And that just honestly made me think that if those Swedes never bound her, one, if he would have gone further, um, mm-hmm. which there were signs that he was going to, but regardless of that, what, what happened, if he would have got off of her and you know got his little kicks off and went on and she woke up, she might not have ever even, even have known. known. Yeah. And there are probably quite a few people out there who may We've not even know that this yeah. happened to them. And it's just so frightening. And God, people just need to stop. Like, yeah. To stop. Imagine what the world would be like if we could safely go and have a time of our lives, like a party, we could safely go where women could walk down the freaking street and not have to Wolverine their keys. Like it just, if we just stopped doing this to each other, the world would be a much different place. Yeah. But, Oof. but anyway, yeah, sorry. I just went off. It just made me like, it just clicked. To yeah. Me, like, no, that he's a scumbag. And like we talked, we've talked about it before. Brock being a white, rich, future, "Quote unquote Olympian." Yeah, completely we barely into that. <laughs> when we have yes. <laughs> men of color sitting in jail for a little bit of marijuana in California, where it's now legal, yeah. we still have men sitting in jail for that. But he's and if off. it was a man of color who had done that to her, yeah, yep, the whole trial would have gone differently. Mm-hmm. The headlines completely. would have been different. It wouldn't have started with his bright future and him being Olympian. And she talks about how they mention all the time his swimming rates. Like, who yeah. gives a fuck about that? It would have been, like, something dragged up. Oh, he lives in this part of a neighborhood mm-hmm. or he associates with these people or, like, it would have yeah. been a completely different headline. And that I 100% believe would have swayed the judge 
to a different decision. <sighs> yeah, I'm infuriated. The trial is infuriating. We learn how long it takes. Like I said, we learn literally the breaking of a person throughout that situation because she tries to move as far away as she can to a different yeah. town. She goes to school for a little while. That ends. She moves in with her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. She tries to put herself bit by bit but she talks about how she just keeps having to step back into emily doe yeah she'll go about her life and try and put herself together but then yeah and she just kind of pretends that it didn't happen. they're two different people mm-hmm. and so when she's you know trying to go about her life she moves like you said she moves to rhode island then she moves to philadelphia and she's just puts emily doe and all those things she just suppresses it down inside of her and there are moments where she you know can't can't keep the feelings down and she, you know, has outbreaks and like outbursts. That's probably a better word to say than outbreaks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think outbreaks of like, um, but anywho, so it's very hard for her to completely deny the fact, which it would be for anybody I feel. Um, yeah. And then she does, she has to keep putting on, you know, her Emily Doe self. Right. And she talks Um, about how much she hated her, Emily herself it was easier for her to protect all this ugliness and anger again she didn't even know Brock couldn't even see his face she hadn't at this point like she looked him he was a face on a computer screen yeah that was never been in contact with him like that she could remember so it was hard to kind of hate him because she didn't know this person so Mm -hmm. she's projecting all of that anger onto Emily Doe and putting herself through she's making herself a victim again because she's so angry with herself and that was kind of in the um in the trial her da said that she didn't want women jurors because women tend to turn against other women like how could you let this happen to you what did you do so that really like hit home with me how we are so like conditioned to believe that we're the ones in the wrong that even when someone does something this horrific we still blame yeah. ourselves and we still end up painting ourselves. So yeah. Don't. And I, I'm kind of, cause she admits over and over again that she would go and she would read all the comments posted about her right. online and there were nice ones, but it, during yeah. the, during all this, she felt like the negative outweighed and it was all, it was all like blaming her. Oh, why was she drinking so much at a party? Oh, why my daughters would never do that. Like people, just like making her actually believe that this was her fault. And there were even ones like talking about, Oh, like there's no way he did it. Cause why would he like, they, then they go to on and talk about her race. Cause she's half Chinese. And they were like, Oh, I would never put anything inside of a, and they use like Chinese slurs. Cool. And, so you're racist and a misogynist and, and an awful human being and just the worst person on the fucking internet. Cool. Thank you for letting me know that. Yeah. And that. it just goes on and on about her what and everything she quote unquote did wrong, which she didn't do anything wrong. She was at a party drinking. Going to a party doesn't equal rape me. Right. <laughs> In any way she performed. Getting blackout drunk does not equal rape me. Like she could go she could have gone and drank herself to sleep for seven days and guess what would that be very dangerous for your health yes but does that mean somebody should put their finger or anything else inside of you no it does not like doesn't matter right doesn't matter if she was wearing a dress doesn't matter if she was wearing a fucking turtleneck one-piece suit like nothing matters but i'm sure it would be really hard to remind yourself of that as right 
Because I, I feel like if I was in that situation, I'd be thinking all those things too. Like, well, what if I didn't do that? What if I didn't do this? What if this happened? Like, just because it's all just natural. Yeah. You're told from the jump by society and by like, maybe even people in your own lives that if you walk the straight line, you're a good girl. If you do everything right, then you won't get hurt this way. If you just, if you just prevent it, if you just stop it from happening, not if they just don't fucking do that to you yeah and it, she talked about how oh it's infuriating me i like to call it the uh boyfriend defense because they bring up the fact that she has a boyfriend if she didn't right. have a boyfriend it wouldn't look as good because maybe then she did want it and it's so annoying to me that a man's claim on you makes you less it makes you more credible than right. if you're single it's right. like when you're in a bar you're you're getting hit on your first instinct is to go oh, I, ha- I have a boyfriend because men yeah. respect that more than they do you saying no to them. Mm-hmm. And then she's worried about Lucas's like uh, statement or whatever it's called. Te- testimony, testimony. Is that what it's yeah. called? Yeah. Because she's worried about what Not it's lawyers, going guys. to. <laughs> yeah. She's worried about what they're going to think of him and if he's going to like Sound be good. like quote unquote yeah. good enough and like she oh said, no what yeah she said that he would almost have to make brock look like a step down to make it believe that that she would never would cheat on him right yeah it's a lot of her validation is gone like yeah. you said it, yeah it's and it's being focused on men and worth to a man yeah uh-huh. it just drives me crazy because there's a lot of like metaphors in this book about why you shouldn't assault someone and that just pisses me off we shouldn't have to say hey she talks about a sandwich. If she's walking down the street with a sandwich and someone came up and asked to bite your sandwich and you're like, no, it's perfectly reasonable for you to not want them to bite your sandwich. But in the same world, we can't understand why women want, wouldn't want attention. We should be flattered. We are not allowed to say no, but we can understand not wanting to share our sandwich. Yeah. Like the analogies piss me off so bad because it should not have to be dumbed down to for, you. It's really not. Like, go, go find somebody who will say yes. Yeah. It's Just go hard. find somebody who will say yes. Do consent to it. Find someone who will consent. There was probably other girls at that party that right. you could have actually asked. Yeah. And instead of, like, <laughs> he just wanted, because it was talked about how she calls her Tiffia, which I think is adorable. Yeah. Tiffany, he was aggressive and pushed up on her earlier. Uh-huh. Right? So I think it, it's just him, his thing. <laughs> and, like we said, he got stopped, so he couldn't go further. But I uh, honestly believe, like, his behavior like that, there's yeah. no way that he wouldn't have done it. And then if you got away with it, who's to say you wouldn't have done it again? Like, And Chanel mentions that there was um, girls from a party, like, two weeks prior that – Right, they come forward. That the and same – yeah, like and we're saying the same thing, that he was very, like, aggressive and weirding them out. Right. And, and those aren't the people who were – Besides Tiffy, because she gave her statement, her testimony, those aren't the people who the jury heard. It was his family and friends who all kept talking about, I hate saying his bright future, but that's the term. They yes, that's all they do this mm-hmm. to him. How could they? He has so much potential. He's never him. done this before. He would never act like that. And it's like, okay, but how many times were at a frat party with him where he's drinking right. alcohol around a bunch of college girls? Right. Not that it's like, just because there's girls there, that doesn't mean give him an excuse to be a fucking creep, but it's obviously what he does. So, and how many times were you with him when he was in a situation like that? Right. She says, 
Uh, the friendly guy who helps you move and assist senior citizens in the pool is the same guy who assaulted me. One person can be capable of both. Society often fails to wrap its head around the fact that the truths often co- coexist. They're not mutually exclusive. Bad qualities can hide inside a good person. That's the terrifying part. Yeah. I really think like... Because she even of- says that she doesn't think he's a bad person. But she knows. Just because I do. Yeah. But she says it in the book. But like that. But that quote exactly like clarifies that. Like you can have all of these bad things inside of you, and you can still go and help your community in other ways. But just because you're doing that doesn't mean you're you're not going to these parties and fucking creeping up girls. Right. And I think like just because he wasn't that to you doesn't mean he wasn't he's that. not that like exactly think about uh btk and his daughter speaks out all the time about yeah him yeah father turn and just because he didn't kill his child doesn't mean he's not a killer yes he's and look at ted killer. bundy he had that relationship with the woman and her daughter and for years and years and years and he never did anything to her or the daughter but look at everything else he did to all these other women like right they can people can he's, just like she did she put on a mask and right hit, like for Emily Doe and Chanel Miller, he can do the same exact thing. That's a um, good parallel. I that I like that a lot because yeah, you become you. Everyone is capable of being different than what you see. Exactly. You Everybody prevents themselves to a person the way they like want to be want. presented. Yeah. Exactly. Even when you're your most real self, it's because of the people you're around, right. and you feel like you can shed that. But then when you go to work, you put on a different side of yourself, and it's completely normal. It's right. just the things that you're the doing degrees. with those different selves. Yeah, the degrees. Of <laughs> That's what, what it becomes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, she's ripped apart in trial. Things are drug up that shouldn't be drug up, and there's just it's an awful, terrible process. She's re- re-victimized. She doesn't even know if she's going to come out of this with any kind of, like, not victory, because that sounds awful, but uh, ju- I guess justice. Come out of yeah. kind of justice. And then the jurors come back, and he is found guilty, and she thinks that finally, like, she can breathe a sigh of relief. Like, this is going to be it. It's over. Again, you think about, like, law and order. Like, it's a very black and white one step, two step thing. And that is absolutely not how it is because then we're led into sentencing. I'm about to get furious. <laughs> I'm about yeah. to get so this, mad that I can rip something. This out. is like to me the most, and obviously everything, everything you else know, going is, yes. through trial, but not that it's right, but it's to be kind of expected. Unfortunately, right. it's shitty, but that's what happens. And like we said, we can only hope it changes. But this sentencing, this think, is not what I was expect to happen. Once you get that guilty verdict, that that's it. Everyone sees that he's wrong. Everyone sees that he's the bad guy, and not she doesn't want him to be the bad guy. I'm saying he's a bad guy. He's the bad guy in the situation. He's One, yes, he is the bad guy in the situation. 100%. Yeah, but you think when it, the guilty verdict is read, these twelve people saw that that's what he was and who, what he did, and everything is fine now right and then this fucked up judge who i cannot stand and hate more than anything that i can even say comes in and gives him six months which we all know if you do if you're on good behavior your sentence is typically about half you have and he's already technically served a day even though it wasn't even a full day when he got arrested that night of the assault and was you know, but then when he was released on bond or bail, whatever it's called. And, uh, 
So he's already technically served a day. I'm going to let you take us through. (laughs) I'm going to let you take us through the sentencing because if I start, I'll Uh, stop and I'll just, I'll, I'll tag in when I need to. Well, it starts with her getting a phone call from like a probation officer and they kind of want her opinion. And she very much like us is very unfamiliar with all of this stuff. So she's going to say affecting it. So she says something along the lines of, I don't want him to rot in prison behind bars. I want him to get help. I want him to see, you know, and realize and own up to the things that he's done. Um, and so then the probation officer is like, oh, so you just want him to go to jail for a year? And she's like, what? And she's like, well, you said you didn't want him in prison. Right. She so said, then if it's she not prison, the then it's jail. Of- and if it's jail, you can't be in jail for more than a year. And so she says they're on the phone for 15 minutes. Most of that time is her, the probation officer explaining to her these terms and these things that she doesn't know. Because, yes, I do know there's a difference between jail and prison, but there are so many times where I say one and I mean the other. Yeah. And just because, like, it's not my world. So I really don't. It's like graveyard and cemetery. How are you going to fucking know the difference? Like, that? unless you're in it. Right. Yes. I know, like, prison is prison and jail is jail, but. They're also like nowadays it's is interchangeable and for somebody to get mixed up in that is not like, oh well, you only want him in jail for a year. She, right. no, she just Again, she just messed up the word. Yeah, and like, also this is not her responsibility. It's not her responsibility no. to send to him I do think it's sentence. nice that they want input. Um, but they're, if they're not but going I to also, actually like, take that input. I didn't know that they like called people beforehand. I thought like the the speeches the that people made as yep. sentences is when you would go off of that. That's what I thought. Um, so I had no idea. And she writes this wonderful impact speech, especially now after, because she, after she gets off the phone with the probation officer, her DA calls her and she's like, like what happened? Because they're only suggesting, suggesting. he goes away for a year. Yeah. And now Chanel's freaking out because that's not what she wanted. And they twisted her words and she gets infuriated because they put that she's white. And she's like, she doesn't even, she doesn't even know anything about me because if you know me, you know, I'm not just white. I'm also half Chinese. Right. And it's just all these feelings because she doesn't, she feels like she messed up and she feels like there's nothing she can do. And so she writes this, I think she says it's 28 pages long. Yeah. And then she has to keep editing it down. And yes. And at this point, um, sentencing, they give everybody a time limit to speak. So she has to edit it down. Um, so she just speaks and they advise her not to speak to Brock, but to speak to the judge, but she speaks to Brock. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's still, whether she's speaking to Brock or not, the point is still the same. Um, right. He still did this. He's still guilty. And that really is all she wants is for him to own up to his guilt because she even says that when she spoke to the probation officer, she had yet to speak to hear what Brock had to say. Right. Then she heard what Brock had to say. And then she wrote His statement after his guilty verdict. And all he does is own up to drinking. He blames it on... Yeah, he says he's going to start a campaign against campus drinking culture and promiscuity, which is, again, victim-blaming in your fucking statement. No one wants to hear you go around bitching like a baby because you got in trouble for something that you did that you were not People drink at college, and people have sex at college, and those two things are okay. What's not okay is raping somebody while they're or just in general just don't rape anybody whether you're drinking or not drinking just don't do it 
But yes, that happens at fucking... We don't need any of that shit. Like... Exactly. And guess what? Let co- let college students drink if that's what they want to do. If they're being safe and if they're having no, he fun. Needed, he nobody's needed getting something hurt. to put it on. He needed... So he did, took a shot at drinking and he took a shot at Chanel. I, the frat parties I went to at college are some of the best times of my life. And I would never right, exactly. wanted those to change. So no, I don't think... Yes, obviously people should be made aware of the dangers of drinking just for drinking, but not right. because you might get raped if you drink. Right. It's we not. We shouldn't be teaching people that. We're not we putting <laughs> rape inside the like, what is it? Uh, side effects at the end of a exactly where they mumble and rape. No, exactly. Alcohol drinking, does not make drinking you comes with rape. its own thing. Yes. but drinking does not come with rape. No. <laughs> like that's not like you said. It's not Very a side true. effect. <laughs> But anywho, besides so, the point. Yeah, she does her victim impact statement. <laughs> and the judge who, I have to say, like, if you are immune to these kinds of crimes, if you feel like anything under murder isn't yes. that big of a deal, you should have already stepped down. Like, if yes. he's so un-fucking-believably insane. But wait, wait, wait. Before we get to him, there's still there's still two more things okay. I want to okay. rush past. So Chanel gives hers... Like she says, she hadn't read his speech yet, right. or his statement yet, and then she read it, and she doesn't feel like he realized the gravity of what he's done, and he hasn't owned up to it, and he doesn't accept guilt, and she, you know, and she wants him to do more time, and she, she still wants him to get that help, but she wants, she wants the consequence to fit the action. That's right. all she wants. But then there's other people who make statements, oh, and one of them is his friend. And she says that, Chanel says that she hopes that this girl has learned and has realized because she says like pretty much that what happened to Chanel isn't that bad because she wasn't kidnapped and raped and she wasn't like, it wasn't like you see in the movies pretty much. That's not what the girl says, but that's what she's alluding to. Like, oh, well, you know, it wasn't this big bad stranger who came and attacked her and stuck his penis inside of her. So what's the big deal? That's right pretty much what she's saying and it doesn't matter if like you were saying before it doesn't matter if that's how it happened or if that's how it didn't happen something still happened to her right something that should not have happened to her something that violated her it still needs justice and it still needs a consequence and then his fucking dad I just wrote down before you do that. I wrote down oh, Brock's ahead. family and friends just not getting that he's a rapist and nothing Chanel did cause that. It was his intention that made him that way. They're just not understanding that he's a goddamn rapist. Yeah, they and just don't want to say it. I don't know what to do. Like, I love my children. I would literally cut and bleed for my children. I would kill myself before anything ever happened to my children. I love them so much. But if your child, yes. part of being a good and decent parent is raising children that know that the consequences of their actions can be severe when they choose to do something like this, then I don't know what to tell you because you're not a good parent. His father says that yeah. a harsh <laughs> punishment, what does he say? Um, his father says to a harsh punishment, it is a steep price to pay for 20 minutes of action out of his 20 years of life. Guess what? 20 minutes of his actions wrecked somebody else's Somebody's life. life. Somebody exactly. What about what about her 20 years of life? Right. And Someone who did not make the live. choice to walk into the situation. She was dragged and kicked and pulled into the situation that then fundamentally rocked her entire world off of his decisions, not hers. His. Yes. So, and I don't care if it's 20 minutes. I don't care if it's two seconds. I don't care if it's 20. Yeah, because then also apparently. 
apparently Brock said it was for one minute while that he was fingering her and she orgasmed from it. Yeah, dude. That's like, bitch, you're 19 years old. There's no way you're making a girl come in one minute from a fingering them. I'm sorry. A girl who was literally incoherent. Her body was not functioning like that. Yeah. Get the, no, no, bro. No. Even if she, if he did that to a sober girl, you think anybody would. No, no. No. So just the fact that he's saying that, like, just shows how fucking delusional yeah, this whole situation to is. Pin it on her that she. This whole situation is so delusional from his point of view. Yep. And she That's even says that because she was like, "Oh well, if I came after you were digitally penetrating me, when did I become incoherent? When did this like?" She's asking him all of this in the victim speech because she knows like what you're saying does not add up to what truly happened. Right. But. Yes, that's that's what I wanted to get at was the dad and his fucking little stupid ass. Yeah, I know comment. I can't because <sighs> what a dumbass. I just there's nothing. Your to son say. is a fucking rapist. Get yeah, over it. so just get with it. And, and even if you want to go by quote unquote California's laws, your son is still a sexual assailant. He's still on still, a sexual registry, which is literally the only thing like. And that's pretty much what the judge says is enough. That's pretty much what he gets at. He's how okay. So we're back to <laughs> yeah. the judge. We're back to the um, judge. Let me bring it in for Jesus and try and focus myself right now. For Jesus. For Jesus. Um, he basically says to Chanel that she doesn't understand Brock's feelings on this and how much it has affected him and how much he has said he's sorry, even though I know it's fucking unapologetic. He's he's still trying to. No, because what he says he's sorry else. for is not even. He's like, yes, oh, he's I'm sorry that I hurt Chanel and her sister. He's still passing the blame. He's still not owning up to what he did. So the fact, how much this dude let her down, she compares him to the judge in uh, Larry Nasser's case. And yeah, the thing to know is that before Chanel actually got up and got her read her impact statement there was a case before her where a woman who could barely speak english it was her second language was in a domestic dispute situation she's reading her victim impact statement and the judge is basically fucking tapping his watch like time's up how much more of this am i gonna have to listen to blah 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 and she talks about how uh i don't remember the exact quote but she says like the judge is the captain and my judge sunk our ship yeah and yeah, she says like it. something along the lines of um, the judge from that from Larry Nasser's case, like steering them to the shore mm-hmm. and or, like a paradise or something, and then her captain, yeah, sinking their ship. Yeah, <laughs> he let her down in so many ways, and she's already violated over and over again. The things we put victims through for literally the bare minimum of justice blows my mind. And the fact that someone can get so desensitized and so up their own ass to believe that this boy's privileged life means more than his victim's life. Because he's a great swimmer, Jesse. Come on. I don't give up, but I hope he drowns. You know know what? If you can swim... You can you can get away with anything because you're a good swimmer. So you better go learn how to swim so you can go and have no consequences to your actions. Yeah, I just that's it's it's so disgusting. And yeah, and he's like, oh well, here he has to be registered as a sex offender his whole life. Why why put a stain? Yeah, because on he's his, a sex offender. His, why put a stain on his future and all his potential? Uh, why don't you correct his behavior so that maybe he can actually live to some sort of potential and not do this to another person. Right. And she says, <sighs> Oh, so when he's talking down to her, basically 
telling her that she needs to be more aware of his feelings. She writes, what I was meant, what I meant was take note of his mental health because in my experience, when men were upset, lonely, or neglected, we were killed. Yeah. Because she went through that uh, school shooting. Yeah. Her fucking life. Dude. Yeah. Not, it's the school shooting from the fucking dude who, I can't even remember his name. but I Rod, Roger, Elliot Rogers. I Elliot. remember seeing it in his creepy ass videos, blaming women for not wanting him enough. So he, she's living through the school shooting. But back up before that, in her high school, kids just kept yeah, committing, just suicide, kept committing suicide. suicide. She has been through a lot. And you wouldn't, it's kind of stuff that you get like desensitized to because it's like, okay, this happened. I made it through it. That's, That's kind of what she this said about the kids dying at her high school. Yeah, she it was said another it just be- kid who yep. committed suicide. It just became. And at one the- point she ends up at the same tracks where all this is happening. She's just pondering her life. And I just like the helplessness she had to feel yeah. in that situation to like turn to that because she knew the, me- she knew the meaning behind that. They had yes. to have a guard on the track so people would stop throwing themselves Something in front of them. Yeah. She has lived yeah. through so much shit. And I just want her to be happy. I don't know you, yes. Chanel girl, but I just want you to be happy and live a good I life. I know. But yeah. And throughout the whole trial, she is um, like always reminded to think about him and to think about his family his and, and the blowback that that might happen and this and that. But it's like, what, what about her and her feelings and her life? And it's always kind of nobody's worrying about Chanel on the other side. His family is not worried about Chanel right. and her family. And yet like it's Chanel's job, even though it's not, but that's what they make it seem like it's her job. Right. And they make it seem, she says they make it seem like it's a me problem. I'm not saying that he's sorry. I'm not seeing his future. I'm not seeing what this <laughs> means to him. So it's a me problem. And she talks about but, leaving the courtroom feeling like she failed not the judge failed her she failed because we didn't talk about it but like she had friends who had been assaulted and been in situations Mm -hmm. and there wasn't enough to take to court and like after she goes yeah and so many people like said to her like i'm so like i'm so glad you're doing this like you're doing this for us like you're literally the weight of the world on her shoulders shoulders. yeah while she's living through this nightmare of trying to go through this circus of a court and put herself back together and live her life she has everyone's expectations on her shoulders and she takes that seriously unfortunately the judge doesn't yeah so which by the way she didn't and if you're going through a trial you don't either it is not your job but yes i understand like feeling like that because there are so many victims who don't get their justice But it's it's not your job. Like it is the it is the court's job. It is the justice system job. And if they're not doing it, they're failing, not you. Yeah. So I just want to remind people of that. No. Don't ever feel like yeah. you've let people. Chanel didn't let anybody down, and none of her friends were upset with her. No. But again, it's all completely normal feelings for people to have. It's right. much easier said, "Don't feel this way," than to actually not right. feel that way. <laughs> no. But yes, poor thing. Oh, poor thing. The way of it. Yeah. And I just like, I think it ends kind of, it starts to end with um, the impact of the trial afterwards, after the sentencing, after he goes and shucks about how five minutes, five months after her uh, victim impact statement was read, Trump was elected. elected. And then we have Harvey Weinstein and we have Brett Kavanaugh, we have Bill Cosby. She goes through all of these things about how women are just not fucking believed. And that has to be, especially so soon after seeing all this, 
I guess it would be freeing in some way, but it also has to feel again, like you're being dragged through something because they're not believing these women. They're doubting these women. They're, they're tearing them apart in literally the Supreme court and your president is getting on stage afterwards and then mocking them. Yeah. And so when she sits down to write this book, she's not even sure that she's going to put her real name on it. Yeah. She's known as Emily Doe. Um, and so I think when she decides to do it, she decides to open herself up. She decides to come out. She's again, maybe this is all part of her healing process, but it's also tearing her down every single yeah. time she does this. So she's doing it for other people. It's part of her journey too. Yes. But like, it's an incredibly painful part of her journey. Right. Cause she could never deny it now. Um, right. Everyone you know? knows her name now. Exactly. And her title of her book is know my name. Now she wants people to know her name. Yes. She wants to everyone to know it and there's i watched a 60 minutes interview that i'm going to talk about the swedes in a minute and for it but i watched a 60 minutes australia which you should always watch because 60 minutes america is boring as fuck but the australian one's pretty awesome um she really connects with this interviewer who's a male and it can be hard telling your story to a male like that Mm -hmm. she connects with this interviewer he starts to like cry and at the end of the interview he's like what's your name? And she says, Chanel Miller. And he's like, yeah, to say it again. It was just such a like nice, beautiful moment. And she had started to cry earlier in the interview. And it was so nice to feel like the power in her name that she has a name. She is not Brock Brock Turner's victim. She's not Emily Doe anymore. She's not Chanel Doe. She's not anyone but Chanel Miller. And this is a part of her story. It's not who she is, but she's making it into something that changes people's lives. Yeah. And throughout the story, she's like, you know, she has little bits of like decent humanity and in men and women. And right, so I, I think, think we should, end and up. then all that positivity. So I think like it, she saw all the bright still, even though yeah. there was so much dark, which is amazing she still to me. All the bright. And yeah. And, uh, but that just speaks volumes of t- who she is. Um, right. And so she, because t- there was I, yeah, a I lot wanna- of dark, yeah. But every single little bright moment she had, she like reveled in it and she let it warm her and she you know, she didn't let she didn't let the bad win and Yeah. It's beautiful. And I think that was easier for her and I want to end on the Swedes because yeah. in that 60 minute interview, uh the interview said guy says to her, um it seems like you met two completely different sets of men that night. You met the worst kind of men and you meant the best kind of men because these two Swedish students stopped this from happening, tackled him to the ground, held him accountable immediately, saw what was happening. There was no other thought in their mind. One of them was so shaken up he was crying during his statement. They get to meet like later. They don't get to meet even through the trial. It's not until way later that they get to Mm -hmm. meet, but she holds on to a picture that she drew of two bicycles to help her remember that there is good people out there. And we read these books and we hear these stories and we really are fascinated by the awfulness of human beings. But the Swedes just to me is such a nice, beautiful part of humanity. And I'd like to think that there are just as many Swedes out there as there are fuckwad Olympic swimmers who take these non-Olympic. Thank you. Olympic for not letting (laughs) ever compete. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I want to hold on to the Swedes because I think she 100 and I want to hold on to her beautiful words. And I want to recommend this book again, because we, there was so much stuff we didn't cover and we're 
barely made oh, yeah. it through. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and her but, writing really is. Her poems yes. are amazing. Her writing, her art is great. Um, she has a website. I believe it's ChanelMiller.com. But she has amazing uh, resources on it. Versus, for yeah. Victims for um, any way you can help. She has uh, one for an organization that, like, teaches prevent it like teaches people not to rape instead of you know care afterwards um i think it's called was it yeah www.chanel-miller.com and she has amazing resources on there so if you need any of that you can go to her website and find those resources and i made it through without crying so i'm kind of proud of myself (laughs) i wanted to i wanted to definitely did while i was reading it definitely did while i was watching the victim impact statement definitely did while i was watching the interviews um i think this was i'm so glad we did it me too i am too it it's a must read it really is um whether you've been through it or not it you'll relate to it and it's wonderful and like you said just her writing alone makes it worth it um and then just the story itself is unfortunately relatable um but but it's important it's happened to you it's happened to someone you know exactly in it's out there it's still a very large part of our society there's still obviously shit in the justice system that needs to be fixed and one of the amazing things that came out of it was her helping to pass a law to make this actually yes um and go ahead you finish your spot I was just going to say it was a minimum of three years in prison. Yeah, I think now yeah. I think it was a minimum or two or three, but now like you have to serve out that minimum. But um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, her being able to like take ownership of herself. And like you said, she's not Brock Turner's victim and mm-hmm. just, you know, she has power of her own self and which didn't come easy for her. She said it didn't. She had to relove <laughs> but, her body. She had to relove sex. She had to relove yeah. the world again. And somehow she's making it through. So I think if she can make yeah. it through that, we can make it through. Exactly. <laughs> so read it. Lives. Read her story. Feel mm-hmm. empowered, just like Chanel. Because she's somebody we could all strive to be. And the Swedes. Yeah. And the Swedes. Be the Swedes of the world. I would like that on a sweet <laughs> uh, t-shirt, please. Be the Swedes, <laughs> be the Swedes. of the world. So next week we will be reading, well, we'll be covering, we'll have already read it by then. (laughs) We'll be covering The Fact of a Body, a Murder, and a Memoir by Alex Marzano Lesnovic. Lesnovic, I think. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how to say it, but I'm excited. Yes, me too. So, yeah. So look forward to that. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Um, Bye. 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 B